0: hey everybody welcome back to the reclamation podcast where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for life and leadership in christ if we haven't met yet my name is tony and i'm your host i care deeply and passionately about helping you show up authentically every day in your leadership and your life with jesus today on the podcast the legendary jamie nato if you haven't checked out jamie yet you need to go immediately to her instagram subscribe and start to uh, follow her on Instagram and start to watch all of her target videos. She's hilarious. She's kind of a comedian and also an entrepreneur and a leader. And more than anything, she's built this amazing tribe of women. And so in today's conversation, we talk about what it means to build that tribe. We talk about her latest resource. This must be the place. And we talk about her quirky use of humor, which I absolutely loved. This conversation is full of nuggets that I know you're going to enjoy. So now, without any further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Jamie Nato. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have entrepreneur, author, and somewhat kind of a comedian, Jamie Nato. Jamie, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I don't normally get called a comedian, so that is exciting. That's a new label. <laughs>
0: Well, listen, I told you before we were recording, my wife absolutely loves your work and she follows you online. So when I told her that you were going to be on the podcast, we then went down the target Um, rabbit hole of, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that Uh, in a second. I I want to hear all of the, I want to hear the origin story of that, but I kind of like to start in the macro with all the things that you do. How would you describe the calling that God placed on your life?
1: I think... Like, speaking of humor, I think I've always been a funny kid or quirky at least. And I can remember being little and making people laugh and thinking, I love this feeling. And how can I use humor basically to draw people in and to say, like, she's not so stuffy. I wonder what her God must be like. So, yeah, people may come in to watch me try on ridiculous things at Target, and they are heinous, okay? And I don't look good in them. (laughs) But I am willing to take the hit for the mothers across the world. But for them to say, maybe this is a God that I could— that I could get near to because if she can have this much fun and I think sometimes Christians just are so serious and they take themselves so seriously and everything is urgent and, you know, boycott. And it's just, you know, and it's so intense and to have a believer say, you know, (laughs) we're not all, we're not all like that. And I'm having a really fun time out here. Um, and I love God.
0: I love that. I, and I think one of the unique things about your platform is that you really let people in at a deep personal level. So, you know, what's it like to, f- to be known? I'm going to use that word known, to, or at least to feel known to so many people. Like over the years, you've kind of developed this tribe of mostly women, but people who are really committed to what God has you doing. Uh, I, I have to imagine it feels like they at least feel like they know you really well. What's that like for you?
1: It is weird, I guess, in a sense that if you're out and I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge influencer by any means, but just I'm in Kansas City. And so a lot of people who follow me probably are in Kansas City, too. And but to be out and someone say, hey, I have a senior, too. And I saw your kid is going to is going to school today. And um, and then I don't know anything about them. It's not weird that they know that about me because I put it out there. But it's weird that I don't know. I don't know about your kid. That's a senior, <laughs> so I feel like if I if you know all my deep dark secrets, because you know I talk about everything, then I feel like people should have to tell me at least three secrets. You know, like upon meeting, you also have to share three deep dark secrets. <laughs> so <laughs> that's maybe weird, but it's actually just it brings me a lot of joy. It, the internet is bad, I guess, in a lot of senses, but it's good in that you know, you can reach a lot more people with the message of Christ and, and people really feel like they know you and they feel like they can trust you. And I've worked hard to do that. So the fact that it brings all these people together, it, it's a, it's, it's a great joy. I don't think it's weird in a sense of like, I hate it. It's weird in a sense of like, Oh, I wish I had the capacity to know my followers like deeply.
0: I think that there are a lot of listeners who are um, leaders who are building their platforms as as they are growing their business and they're doing their work out in the world how do you know when the right time to share something from your personal life is? like you know I've always heard it talked about like preach through scars, not through wounds and various cliches over the years. What's your kind of policy on that and obviously now you have kids who are also on the internet so that's a, a double-edged yeah. sword. What wisdom do you have for us there?
1: You know, when my husband and I were going through our marital issues, um, infidelity and just it's tragic, you know, especially being in the faith space, it's your world is exploding. And I would say that's probably not the time for you to go on the Internet and let everybody know about the, the deep woundings that someone has done to you when you're in the middle of it. And that's not to say you are welcome to do that with your therapist. Like you are welcome to never stop talking about what you want to talk about and what's in your heart. But there are there are people that that should go to, and there are people that that should not go to. And I would say a crowd is not who you want um, to entrust your just deepest wounds with. You have, I could tell you know, it would say there's a crowd of fifty people, and I could tell my story. And when I'm in the middle of it and I'm sobbing and I'm telling the crowd this, you know, that's 50 people with 50 different woundings, 50 different backgrounds. And one of them's going to say, my husband cheated on me and he never came back. You got to get out of there. And, you know, another one would say it's something totally different. Uh, but, but I could tell that to to the same amount of people somewhere else, and you're going to get 500 different opinions. And I think it's just not very helpful when you are in a season of grief and mourning, and so I don't recommend that. I think you should tell your friends, your, deep, your close friends. I think you should tell um, your therapist. I think you should tell your pastor if you have a pastor. Those mm. are, I feel like, really safer places, but the Internet is not one of those.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it was like Andy Downs says something that there has to be a difference between your private life and like your public life. And then you shouldn't have a secret life.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah, I for sure. I don't think secrets are your friend. So I think when people when I say, you know, don't probably don't talk about that online. I think people really do hear me saying, just don't (coughs) talk about it. And that's not what I'm saying. I I love that. I I don't think secrets are beneficial.
0: We actually say in our house all the time, "Secrets don't make friends." <laughs> like whenever the my two kids or two of the three kids are talking to each other privately, it, which feels like they're about to conspire to hurt us in some way, shape, or form. I don't know, but um, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, secrets don't make friends. Yeah. How do you discern? How do you discern what God's calling you to in seasons? Right, because you've you've kind of done a lot of things. You know, written books yeah. and different on different topics and led organizations and, you know, a ent- serial entrepreneur is, is kind of a word I've heard described you. <laughs> yeah. How do you decide where God's calling you to? You
1: know, I, it's just so personal and I do have ADHD. So you got to just think, oh, that's that probably has something to do with the, all the various things that I do, but I really do think God may be that way. I mean, he gives people different capacities and, and so leaning into that. So instead of saying, oh, my ADHD is just this, like, the most annoying thing to have to deal with. Obviously, I was late to this podcast, <laughs> so it can be annoying. But it is also my superpower. And so, yes, I do a lot of different things. And I think really, you know, I pray every morning. I ask God for wisdom. I think that's a really underused um, thing to do. I mean, God, he promises, if you pray for it, he's going to give it to you. And we're not all praying for that. It is shocking to me that we are not starting our day saying, God, would you give me wisdom? And that goes for wisdom in those areas of career paths. It goes in wisdom in areas of your children that like, we need so much wisdom. I wake up every day and I'm like, I have four kids. You know, I have a senior; the, he's having really big questions about faith. He um, then I have a middle schooler. We're just knee deep in friendship stuff, and trying to be gentle and what's the right response? I'm not scarring anyone into trauma, and you know, just it's it's an underused uh, skill, I think, to to train yourself to pray for wisdom. But and so I do that. I ask God, is this Is this wise for me to do right now? And, you know, if I get all green lights, I'm going to take it. Like, if I get all open doors, I'm walking through the door. And I think I'm not trying to – that's not, like, something to write in permanent marker. Like, that's something to write in pencil. This is just my opinion. But if you're getting green lights, like if you drive through them, <laughs> like, so I think sometimes we give ourselves our own like red lights, we give our own self our stop signs. It's like, it's not there. The stop sign isn't there. Mm. And in fact, I know when a stop sign is there. I mean, everything is, it's like harder than it needs to be. Things are not working out. The timing is terrible. I mean, it's like, things are so obvious, but if I'm getting a green light, I'm going to take it. And God isn't going to be like, you know what? You were just so eager to do what I wanted you to do and and live on purpose. I'm going to have to punish you for that. It's just, I think it's silly. I think I don't treat my kids like that. Like if they are genuinely trying to do the right thing, I'm like, you know, hey, it wasn't, we didn't go in the right direction, but I'm not mad at you and you're not going to get consequences for that, for trying something new. So I think maybe – Theology is really important when it comes to this topic, like what you think about God and how, do you think he's angry? Do you think he's mean? Do you think he's heavy handed? Um, you're going to find a lot of stop signs probably because you're scared to he's going to whack you.
0: Yeah, we really put a lot of um, a lot of stock in Romans 18. 28, like all things work together for his good, that yeah. we, we serve a God of redemption rather than yes. perfection kind of like, Hey, he's, he, he knows, knows how I was built. He's wise enough to account for my nature. <laughs> yes. He, he's,
1: I think he's after your smile more than you think he is. I think when you, I come from a very fundamental faith space and it's just so serious. Everything is just so serious. And you're just seriously messing with your faith. If you ask all these questions and you're seriously leading other people down the wrong path, if you ask these questions or you do these certain things and I just, all these like man made constraints and it's very intense. And then you kind of leave that environment. You know, you still have your faith. Maybe you deconstruct a little mm. bit. Maybe you asked a lot of questions. Maybe this is just me. Uh, but Faith, it remains. Love remains. God remains. But then you look at all those man-made constructs and you think, wow, I really went, I really went in all the way there. And it was unnecessary. That was not what God was asking of me. And so um, I'm kind of rethinking everything too, but God loves a joyful and eager heart. And I think when yeah. you come to him just saying like, I, I'm not sure. But I'm going to trust that you're going to make a way for me, that you're going to open the next door, and I'm going to walk through it, and you're going to be with me. You're going to go before me. You're going to be beside me, okay? And I, I think I just prefer living this way. I prefer living this way more than the one that's afraid of God. Is God angry? Is he mad at me? Um, I, I prefer living light and free.
0: Uh, Speaking of light and free, I I do have to ask about the Target kind of whole thing. (laughs) Like that became a thing, right? Like how did you you decide one day I'm going to go into Target and give a bunch of commentary on what some people might say is suspect clothing?
1: (laughs) I've been doing this in my stories for like six years. It didn't occur to me like even as a businesswoman, it didn't occur to me like put this on a reels so people can share it or watch over and over again, and it's not just stuck in a highlight bubble, or, you know, nobody's going to see that, Um, and so I think it was just last fall. I'm not kidding. I was praying, and I'm asking God about my business, and I'm saying, like, okay, I need to, I've been, like, at this plateau on social media, which is fine, but I I sense, like, I want to grow. I want to grow a little bit more, and I don't know how. I felt like God was, like, LOL, um, why don't you... I'm not kidding. I'm praying this. I'm walking into Target. I am walking into Target and I'm starting to video and I'm like, God, give me wisdom on my business and how to grow my social media. And I swear, I swear it was like, put it on a Reels. Not that Jesus is out here giving social media advice, but like <laughs> in my head, I thought just make it a Reels, dumb, dumb. Like you're doing, you're making the same content. It's just on the wrong platform. Like you have the right heart and you have the right content and the right, like whatever humor for this age group, you just need to like shift it in a different way. And, and that's been how it is in life. Like, I don't know if that's been like that for you. It's like you are doing the right things, but maybe you need to look at it from a different angle. And so I was already making fun of myself. I just thought I'll do it on a reels. And that's when it actually took off. And I think my social media grew by double, um, in three months. And it gave me a lot more, um, courage. Like, Oh, this is resonating. Like, Oh, people do think this is Mm. funny. Like you should do more and, um, and bring people in that way. And it was around the same time. Like I was launching a book. So God's not an idiot. He was like, you know, what would work here is if we grow your following right before you launch a book and then you have a lot more people in this funnel. So, I'd love to say that I'm really smart. I just think, guys, if you if you ask for wisdom, God's gonna give it, and He does it in weird ways.
0: How did you decide that this would be something that people would resonate with six years ago? Like, go go back to the like the very first time. Like, was this just you in Target by yourself? Hey, I'm gonna start going to the clearance racks, looking at berets or whatever.
1: There's, there is a phenomenon that moms do when you have small children, and it's, like, after dinner, and you just can't be with your kids one more minute, and so you're like, I'm going to walk around Target. It's just like an act of defiance. We don't even need toilet paper. Like, we don't need anything, and I'm just going to go meander and that is how it started. I was like, I, peace out. My husband was like, you need to go. Go. Go have fun. And so I just went to Target and I I thought, I think these things in my head anyway, I'm going to walk people through what's in Target right now for either, you know, the moms who have like little, little kids and they, they can't meander around Target or whatever. And so... I just started making stories and then I got so many comments on them and people were laughing and I thought, I really like this. You know, it's a good feeling when you bring joy to someone's day and
0: yeah. so it's like
1: addicting. Plus, you know, you're shopping at the same time and it's like all my gifts came into one, like the gift of shopping. <laughs> the gift right,
0: sure. Of Naturally. laughing. <laughs> and now you can write it off as a business expense.
1: truly. Truly.
0: <laughs> how, how did you get into writing? Like I, I think that you're a very gifted storyteller, obviously in your reels and e- everywhere else. But uh, taking a look at your writing and that whole process, it's it's very personal. But it's it very much sounds like your voice. You have yeah. a very well established voice in your writing. When did you um, dive into that practice?
1: Well, I started blogging when um, it. It used to be a thing. We would blog because we didn't have Instagram, but you could blog and it was free. So you had a blog spot and yeah. I was, I, I thought, oh, there's a free platform I can write and I don't have to use capital letters or, or, you know, I'm not in college anymore. Nobody's grading this. So I can literally write however I want. So I would tell stories like in journal form, um, to, to, it was cathartic for me. You know, I have a newborn, a toddler, they do weird things and, you know, maybe I can make other moms laugh. And I think, you know, probably 400 people were following me at the time. Um, and I thought that was a really big deal. I mean, my friend was like, do you realize you have 400 followers? <laughs> and I was like, I know I am kind of a huge deal right now, <laughs> but you know, to have 400 people looking at your work. That's not it, nothing. It's not yeah. nothing. So I I just would write. If you put it.
0: those people in a room, it would feel big.
1: It would feel big. And it was a big deal to a mom who felt really alone. You know, you're like, you have to be home every three hours for these nap times. And you're breastfeeding. And you're, you know, and it's just hard. And to have an outlet. So I wrote, and I would say, I... I did not learn to write in college, though I did. I mean, I think the only A I got in college was in creative writing, and um, I got an F minus in algebra. So I had to take college algebra three times, thrice, because I didn't show up a lot. And on the last, <laughs> on the last algebra, they're like, "This is the last time you can take this class. You have to pass it." And so I showed up, and I passed. It's incredible what happens when you show up, but. I didn't learn to write in college. I, I was, lessons were being taught to me. Little did I know, you know, you're living your life. But when you look back on that time, like you'll write about that time, and I do. But I didn't learn how to write there. I didn't learn how to write in high school. I wasn't good at all. And then, but when I started writing consistently on this blog, and I thought nobody's grading me, I'm going to use my voice, and I learned to use my voice. Like write how you talk. But you need to learn to articulate things um, that can, that the reader can follow, that the reader is entertained. So I always kept that in mind. Is this like educating in some way? Is this entertaining in some way? Um, is this engaging in some way? So I always thought about my audience. I I don't know. I don't know if that's like cool to say. You know, you're supposed to be writing for yourself. I, when I was blogging, I thought. Who are, who are the women that are reading this? What do they need right now? And how can I help them? So I've always kind of looked at it as like, who are my people and how can I serve them just like right now? Which helps me talk about hard topics. The, like I can engage in really hard topics because I already have your trust. You already know. I, I, don't, ta- I don't say anything lightly without, you know, praying about it or asking for wisdom. Um, and so... That's kind of how I still that's kind of how I still run my business and my Instagram.
0: Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Jamie to remind you to check out our brand new website, follow the number two leadcoaching.com. Follow the lead coaching is a Christian executive coaching and strategic planning business that I've started so that I can walk alongside you, the Christian leader and all that you do. We talk about things like mission, vision, values, strategic objectives. We also dive deep into some of the heart stuff like wounds and what do we do with them if there's any way that i can help you please don't hesitate to reach out and the best way to learn more go to our website follow the number two leadcoaching.com it's in the show notes more than anything i want to help you live out your calling with jesus and with the people that matter most now let's finish up this conversation with jamie How did you um, find yourself at this must be the place, right? It's a a really interesting work. And I think if my notes are right, you started writing it um, in COVID. So it was, you know, I think you kind of say in the epilogue there that it was a little awkward to be writing a book about finding your purpose and movement (laughs) in the midst of a shutdown, which I I think is a very valid point. But talk to me about the kind of the genesis of this book and how it God really put it on your heart.
1: Yeah, I tried to write a book before about infidelity and it was just miserable. Talk about when I talked about closed doors, I mean, talk about, I hated it. And I thought Mm -hmm. if this is how this is, like, first of all, how do people write books? But if this is what this is, I'm out. So I quit that book. I even had like publishers pursuing me for that. And I just said, I'm not signing anything. I can't do this. I don't, I don't like it. And, that like haunted me because I did feel like God told me you you need to write, you're going to write a book. And and I'm like, that's rude because the story that I have that everybody wants to hear is about this infidelity, but my life is full of other things. It's full of really happy things and good things and business. And we have a differently abled daughter and life is so much more than like this thing that happened to me. And like when you write a book, then you have to go be on that public speaking circuit. And you're going to talk about that for two to three more years. And I just couldn't bear it. Cause when you heal from something too, sometimes it's like, it didn't even happen to me. So I thought this, Mm. that's unbearable. I can't do that. And so I quit. I really, I just quit and I still wrote, I still wrote on Instagram. I wrote articles for different things, but I I had a publisher pursue me and I said, I want to write a book of essays. And they said, that's not going to fly because what does that have to do with God? And I'm like, well, it's all, it all has to do with God. It's all in the faith space. But like, here are the essays I want to write about. And they're just different things that have happened in my life. God was there and it's all over the book. Okay. It's not like it's godless. It's very, very faith-based. Okay. So we send it in. Remember, they're the ones that pursued me. We send in my proposal They come back and are like, we don't know what to do with this. Like half, half our marketing marketing team said, yes, half said too risky. Like we don't have a place for you in the faith space. Like there's not this genre of women just writing and they're not telling you how to live their, your life. (laughs) Can you imagine? Um, and that really made me (laughs) mad, but so then I thought, well, I'm off the hook. I did it, God. I Here's the book that I want to write. I, You, you said no, right? So we're getting no's. And and this is from like the, a big publisher in the faith space. So now I think I'm trash, okay? So I'm walking on the trail as I do. I walk like five or six miles every day. Gives you a lot of time to think. And I am like, God, I'm striking out. Like, what do you want me to do? And, you know, give me wisdom, the prayer again. And this idea pops in my head, do what you've always done. Just make it about the reader. And I thought, oh my gosh, every one of these stories is an arrow, is a breadcrumb uh, to get me to where I've come today. And everything is not a coincidence. Like every single thing that's happened, the good, the bad, the magnificent, the ugly, God is going to use all these things for my good and for his glory and I call them breadcrumbs. And so I wrote a chapter. It's literally the same book that I presented to that um, publisher, except at the end, I say, and now your turn. Like, how how, is, how have you seen this play out in your life? You know, I asked really intense questions. It's a cute book. It's pink, and it looks like fluffy. <laughs> and then we just slap you um, with these questions, but in the best way. And it's challenging. It's cha- I'm saying, go back and dig up those things that you've buried, and I wonder if you're going to find treasure. Like, go back and, and dig up that thing that you've spoken death over and see if God raises it to life. Like, y- you, you can't tell me that my suffering is going to be wasted. I just I just don't believe it because my life is a testament to what God does with something dead and brings it back to life. And he's done it over and over again. So I look at all those things that were like even directional missteps for me were big old arrows to say like that turn this corner let's go this way you know and so um, I'm hoping that women read this they they start to find their breadcrumbs and they start to live with just a huge permission slip like oh this all ties together and if I really believe this and I really was like. This is who I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm made to be, um, that they would live with such intention. I mean, that they would change the communities that are right in front of their faces. You know, we talk about, oh, you don't have to change the world. Get out of here. You serve like the God of, of the world, who, the God of abundance, the God who changes people's lives Yeah. I think we should be changing our neighborhoods. I think we should be changing the world, um, with, with the littlest things. I'm not saying you have to start a new organization or whatever, like go be with your neighbors, like invite all your neighbors over for dinner. How about that? Go serve on the, the, the PTO or whatever. Um, get really involved and let people see Christ's light. Like, and and maybe something controversial but you know everybody boycotting target i go into target and you should be a bright light if you think that's a dark space then go be bring your bright light in there those employees yeah. are my friends i know all everybody in there okay they know me they let me terrorize that store but you know just think about life differently i hope that that's what i help women do it's just like Think about life a little bit differently, and then out of that, you have this really full cup. You're living with such permission, and yeah, you are. People are going to be attracted to that.
0: One of the tools that you offer in the book are these um, treasure map words, right? And I'm wondering if you could kind of drill down on how you um, how you encourage the reader to wrestle with their own treasure map word. I, I think it's a, for me as a visual guy, like I really love the idea. And I'm also the kind of guy that like lays out my values every year. Like this is who I want to be and sort of thing. Like, so how, because it feels very similar to that. Um, what's your goal with the treasure map word when it comes to the, the reader?
1: Yeah. One of my giftings I think that I can do is I am good at bird's eye view. Do not make me do the minutiae, but, like, I am good at bird's eye view. I am the person who can take you from zero to 90, but that 90 to 10, you need somebody else. Like, go get someone who's going to live in that minutiae and and finish it. I'm more of, like, a visionary or, like, a pioneer, and so – what these words do, you know, you go through the book and you're answering all these questions and I encourage you to just not overcomplicate it and to see how you answered that question and to pick out a word that maybe describes that situation. So, you know, when I was thinking about, oh, I feel bad that I'm selling people things. Women shouldn't sell things. They shouldn't, you know, have so much fun out here in the marketplace And I really prayed to God, like, take this away from me because obviously I'm just, like, greedy and I love money apparently or something. And um, I really do feel like the picture that came into my head was when I was 8 years old, 8 to 10. And, um, you know, what do you do when you're 8 to 10? You're not – in your free time, you're not doing anything you don't want to do. Like, when you're 8 to 10, what are you doing? You're playing house. You're playing doctor. You're playing school. You're digging around in the dirt, you know you like your imagination, you're digging for dinosaur bones, you know, like what are the things you're doing when you're eight to 10? I was pulling around a rusty red wagon and selling rocks to my neighbors. Like I was selling rocks from their own yard <laughs> back to them. It was, it was curated, well, some could say, and, uh, and they were buying them and I had a goal because I was really, we were so poor. And so you don't go ask your parents for money. Your parents don't have money and you know that. And so you have to, like, turn something out of nothing. And so here I am. I've got rocks. My mom, I had my mom's leftover zinnia seeds. She said I could pick some of those and put them in little baggies. And then I would go, like, selling drugs. <laughs> and then I would go, you know, knock on my neighbor's doors who were elderly. And they would buy them. And I made enough money to buy my new kids on the block cards that I wanted. And, you know, when I thought about that memory – I felt like God was like, I made you literally, you love selling. You have always loved selling. Like go sell and go be in the marketplace. Like be free. Here's your giant permission slip. So, you know, that's one of the stories where one of my words is like sell. I, and, and just to be able to say, I like selling and I like making money, but not for selfish ambition. I, I love what money can do for my community. I love what money can do for causes that I love and want to get behind. I love that money can make an impact outside of our lives. Um, I love, I just, I don't love money. I love that the impact I can make with that money and, and what I want, no offense to the dudes here, but women are just more philanthropic. Just traditionally, they, um, they give more and they direct where the funds go. They have a pulse on their community Um, women are just these fascinating creatures, extremely generous, like too generous, as we all know. And, you know, if women don't have money, what do they give? They give their time and they just are so generous. And so one of my passions is to help women make money. Like get, if you want to sell and you like it, I want to help you. I want to help you know how to sell with integrity because I know where that money is going to go. She's not going to keep it. So, you know i just i look at i look at things a different way but when you have that birds eye view and you're saying oh oh here's my permission slip i am a teacher like i've been teaching this whole time like you can look back and say or i am a builder i've been literally building from from age 8 it's what i love to do and then you start thinking of different ways to live your life now like is this is this where i'm best suited and rethinking kind of some things about, you know, is this how I want to be living my life? And my book came out as COVID ended, or it was pretty much done at the time. And not that it's ever done, but, you know, and I'm sitting here writing a book on purpose when everybody's sitting in their homes, could care less about purpose. But I think when we came out of COVID, everybody thought, is this what I want to be doing? Like we all kind of had a reset and we're saying, is this how I want to live my life? Is this what I want to live for? Life is short. It really is short. Is this how I want to be spending it? Am I, am I hiding my talents in the sand or am I using them? And that is my biggest encouragement for women. Like, don't hide it. Don't hide it. We need, we need people to wake up and, and start using their gifts.
0: This book is also what I like to call like sneaky Jesus. Like it's like <laughs> uh, it's a book about life, and then uh, Jesus is clearly woven in there. And um, did you did you learn anything about God in the process of writing this book, or or what did you learn about God?
1: I mean, writing a book is like you turn in a proposal and you you say like this is what I want to write about, and then you start writing it, and you're like, yeah, okay, didn't see that coming. Thanks for that, God. It's, it's a wild ride. I think, I think I was more like, I believed in this concept. I really did. Like there's breadcrumbs everywhere if you just look for them. but seeing that in my own life and now coaching enough women to kind of find that in their lives, I, I am just more astounded at, at God and how he weaves our stories together for his glory and, um, and how everything is so on purpose and. I don't know if you've seen that graphic. There's a graphic that talks about, um, and it kind of looks like a rainbow, but there's like literally 300,000. Oh, connections
0: between the Old and the New Testament? Yes, it's
1: like, this is talking about this in the New Testament. This is talking about this old prophecy. Yeah. This is, they're all these like, and I think that is what our lives are doing. They're just talking. They're talking to our past. They're talking to our future. They're talking to something bigger than ourselves. God doesn't work in time. And just seeing how it all comes together, you really can't help but um, you have to live on purpose. If you really see that and you really look at your map and you, you see all the things that God has done and you take a minute to like just like ebenezer that thing and you you can't help but say, I gotta, I gotta get out there. I gotta use my talents. I gotta use my gifts. I gotta I gotta live on purpose. And because God, look at what he's done. Look at what he's doing. And I think that's really attractive. Like this isn't the gospel. This isn't like a gospel to get you in church. It's not like a gospel of politics. It's, it's not like the gospel of self-help. It's it's the gospel of like, look at what God has done in your life. Look how he's cared for you. Look at what yeah. your your suffering has formed a very unique empathy for you. Um And just reframing, like I think God is the great reframer, and I think there's a movement in Christianity today to just, and even not in Christianity, actually they, Christianity mimics the world in this, and it's like, it's really hard, and it's really bad, and let me have my suffering, and let me just sit in it, and don't tell me it's going to be okay. And I see that a lot, and I say, that's not the God that we serve he is the great redeemer. He is the great reframer. He takes the dead and he makes it alive. It's not even broken. It's dead. And he makes it alive. And he does that in our lives. And so, yes, you can mourn. There are times of mourning. But I would say we don't sit in that. We live as a people marked by hope. So, you know, I think this is this is I write about my life. I tell you stories. You're not going to feel like hit over the head with like now I have to live this certain way. It's more like, here's what God's done in my life. I dare you to go see what God's done in your life.
0: Okay, preacher, I'm about to I'm about to pass the offering plate. That was good.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to seminary. You are so, going you to know.
0: seminary. Do, do, do you do you see yourself preaching?
1: I pre- I already preach, so you know. I mean, to my audience on Instagram, I I like speaking. Like when I get to talk about this book, we we all go to church. I mean, it doesn't matter. I talk to even secular groups, and sure. the concept works. A con this concept works in a secular group. We can all do a little personal development, but I can't help it. Like I can't help what God has done, and and I and I'm not going to stop encouraging other people to see what God is doing in their lives. I mean, that is the the only thing we have. Like that is, it's hope, right? Like Mm -hmm. we, if you're not hopeful, it's so depressing and it's a mad, mad world that you live in and you just need, I don't know. I feel like a pastor use preacher pastor, maybe different, but I feel like I'm more of a pastor. I'm more of like a Sherpa. Like I have the flashlight. I don't have all the answers, but like I'm two steps ahead of you. Come look this way, you know? And and just having a heart for the people to find to find the shepherd, to find their pasture, to get mm. out of those dangerous clefts and come to the greener pastures, you know, like this is where life is.
0: I love it. Uh, okay, I have one more question for you, but before I ask it, I know that uh, all of my podcast family is going to want to connect with you all over the interwebs. Where's the best thing to learn all things, Jamie, what you're doing, what's next, all the jazz.
1: I, I mostly like do the Lord's work on Instagram. Uh, I think it's easy. I'm sort of lazy. So I think Instagram is where you want to. I mean, I have a website and stuff like that. You can go like if you want to know all about marriage or infidelity, there's a little marriage tab and you can read all my deep, dark secrets. There's a highlight bubble on my Instagram Um, or I love direct messages. Like if you have a question, I stay up on my direct messages. I, I just really value people who take the time to message, even if they're mean, I'm like, well, (laughs) you need a nap, but, um, at least (laughs) you spent some time saying hello. Um, so yeah, just Instagram would be your best Jamie Nato, no E in my name.
0: Awesome. Okay. Last question. I'm going to ask you to go back in time. And give yourself one piece of advice. Except I get to name the season of life that Ooh, you're in. Cool. Okay. And so I'm going to take you back um, to the day that you published your very first blog posts on your blogspot page. Right? If if you could go back in time with that younger version of yourself, sit knee to knee with her, look in her in the eyes, hold her hands, and give her one piece of advice about the world she's about to embark on, both in personal and professionally. What's the one thing you're going to tell her?
1: Did you mean to just therapist me? Because like, can you see my eyes? I'm crying. Like I just teared up. <laughs>
0: it, I, <laughs> it does. It tends to happen sometimes. I'm sorry. i such
1: a tender heart though. Like I, for all that we laugh on my Instagram, I am also like, and now we will cry together. Um, I would just say you have no idea what door you're opening. And, and I would say what door you're opening for yourself and a sense of, God can open a door for you, but you have to walk through it. You have no idea what door that you are opening for yourself by the power of just being vulnerable, and you're not even good. You're not even—I hate to tell you this, Jamie, right now, but you're not even that good. But the fact that you're going to keep going, and 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 you're going to out-consist some of the best. You're going to be so consistent. You're going to out-consist People who are more talented and you're just going to keep showing up and that is going to absolutely change your your life. Yes, but it's going to change your children's life and it's going to change people who are reading and the impact that you have um, by writing to nothing, to writing to the air, to writing to no listeners, uh, you're not even going to believe what God's going to do.
0: I love it. Jamie, it was so wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much for your heart and your vulnerability. And uh, I can't wait to see what God does next.
1: Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: What a fun dialogue with Jamie. Guys, I really appreciate you staying all the way to the end. I love the way that she talked about the treasure word map. I loved the idea about questioning gifts and longings, her prayer and wisdom parts, such good stuff. I absolutely adored this conversation with her. She's so much fun. I'm going to guess this will not be the last time we have her on the podcast. So, Hey, thank you guys so much for listening, for being a part of our community. And if there's anything I can do, please don't hesitate to hit me up. You can find me on Instagram at TWMilt or on our website, follow the number two leadcoaching.com. And remember guys, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.